Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am Frank, the third most popular candidate, your congressman, the only person you ever need to listen to. And along with me... What's up, planet Earth? Charlie. All right, with our new trigger. Look at all our stuff working all fancy. Happy learn to putt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're back. Um, Funny enough, this isn't even something I was going to talk about, but... Uh, we opened up last time talking about how many uh, indictments had occurred since we last spoke. And since we spoke last, there's been new indictments for Trump. And so that's uh, fourth, I think. Fourth set. This one's Atlanta. Um, so this one is a state one. So a president couldn't pardon a conviction for this one. So if he and they say that they're actually going to make him take a mugshot, which it's kind of silly, but you know that's going to be huge. That's going to be on T-shirts. That's going to be ever like both people that love Trump and hate Trump are going to get a Trump mugshot shirt. You know, <laughs> you should, I can figure out if you can trademark it somehow. But, uh, but yeah, this one is about the whole calling uh, calling the Secretary of State or whatever is like find those votes. You know, and so they hit them with RICO charges. Yeah, so organized crime. And so they it's not just Trump, it's like 19 other people including his attorneys and like Mark uh Mark Meadows who was like his chief of staff or something like that, who's been around for a while. And so that guy's like, "Shouldn't this be a federal case since like we were all over the country?" Like not really about Georgia. Um so we'll see. They don't want it to move to like federal because then it will get a different venue and all that Atlanta is nice and blue. And so they would like to keep it there. Uh, but yeah, they're saying, uh, I don't think this case has much to it. Because well, kind of like the, which one of these? The DC one? I think the DC one. Yeah. It's kind of, in order for it to stick, it's got, you have to prove that Trump thought he lost the election and then conspired to steal it. As opposed to what he says every single day. That he got cheated, he won, all this stuff happened. I mean, to have your whole case resting on proving that Donald Trump thought he lost and decided to steal it, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> um, and once again, you know, this is another uh, prosecutor who like ran on, I'm going to get Trump, you know? And so it's like, okay, I mean, you're really not supposed to like pick the criminal and then later assign the crime. That's kind of the opposite. Um, I saw something where uh, I was like on average U.S. citizens do something like three to four felonies like a week or a day or something like that. And it's just like, you know, if there's so many laws out there, sometimes you just oopsie doopsie, like often, I guess. And so like, really, if anybody was just like, I'm getting Charlie, they're going to get you. They'll, they'll figure it out. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so organized crime, maybe a mugshot. They even say like they might, they're going to try to deny him bail uh, as a <laughs> like it's been a, a a thought where they go, well, you know, if he gets out, he might try to uh, intimidate witnesses and uh, or jurors or anything else. You know, he might try to manipulate stuff. So it's just like keep him in jail. It's like right. It's like you know the point of a mugshot. Is because you go, oh, I arrested, uh, you know, John Smith over there. Like, well, who the hell's John Smith? Like, no, I got a picture of him. So if he tries to get away, we got this picture, profile, head on. Now we can find him. Everybody knows what Donald Trump looks like. <laughs> you know, like, come on. It's like, just pull up. I mean, pull up anything. He's been around for so long. And on TV, everyone knows what he looks like. Mugshot's just theater. And, like, to deny him bail. Because, I don't know, he'll go on Truth Social and say something. Like... That seems silly to me. Did you uh, did you even notice, or did it just blur into like the all the indictments blur together? Yeah. I mean, it, between him and more Hunter Biden stuff, I it's I, Donald Trump gets indicted, Hunter Biden's and cases get thrown out. I I have no idea what's going on right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll start that direction. Um, <laughs> It's kind of a, a bit of a theme today. Um, one of the things that came out is, I guess, old Joe Biden has a couple of pseudonyms he was using. Did you see this? No, I did not. 
Well, certainly pull up the names here because I can't remember them. There. Um, <clears throat> well, there's three of them. Uh, Robin Ware, because uh, Joseph Robinette Biden is his name. Robinette. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way. That is his middle name. Robinette. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Were, if you happen to read my book, A Promised Lad. <laughs> you would know that. <laughs> uh, uh, so Robin Ware, Robert L. Peters, and J.R.B. Ware. I don't know what Ware is, but I know, I know Robin's father from Robinette. Which the Robinette side of the family uh, is, there's historical documents. They were slave owners. So, you know. Old Joe Biden. Owning slaves. I'm not going to say the horrible things I just popped in my head that I thought would be funny, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so the the interesting thing about it is not that he's got pseudonyms and he's got uh, Gmail accounts and I don't, there was one like PCI.gov, which doesn't seem to exist. Yeah, Robert.L.Peters at PCI.gov. Um, so he has an aide, uh, Joe Biden's got an aide named John Flynn. And so. They would send his daily schedule to Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov at least 10 times in this one time frame and would copy Hunter Biden on it. So it's like, huh, you're sending the vice president's daily schedule to a pseudonym account instead of like the vice president's account. Uh, and you're copying Hunter, a private citizen. And let's see. Copy- and crackhead. Crackhead, of course. Yes. Sorry. You're right. And, I mean, top flight hooker monger. <laughs> that guy knows how to find some hookers. That's true. Uh, but there was even a note about 8.45 a.m. prep for 9 a.m. phone call with President Poroshenko. That was the president of Ukraine. So then you go, why does, why was Hunter Biden, private crackhead, copied that Joe Biden was going to have a conversation with the president of Ukraine? Especially when it's right around that time where he got that guy to fire the investigator. Investigating Burisma and Hunter Biden. Hmm. But you know. But Joe and Hunter, they never talked about business. He didn't know. That's changed, too. Like, that's, that was his thing. We, we never talked about We never discussed business. I know he was doing business. I'm proud of him. But we just didn't talk about it. And then he goes, we've always told you that Joe Biden was never in business with his son. It's like, that's, that's not what you always told us. He said they never discussed business. And like, hmm, like we've changed that. Um, but yeah, so like, so they got this whole time, this whole time where Joe Biden's in charge of Ukraine. Um, he's, he's keeping his son totally tied to it, using gmail accounts and whatever pci.gov is um it's weird because i was like i don't know what agency that would be and i tried to pull it up on my phone it was just website not found and like typically to be a .gov you have to be a government agency but i imagine if you're a vice president or a senator or something it's pretty easy to say i want this domain you know yeah i don't know exactly but uh but what i do know as if it goes to your senatorial, your Senate email or your vice president email, well, that has to be preserved for official record, you know? But say you have an email server in your bathroom or you set up a nice Gmail account, Robert L. Peters. Uh, those, no one even knows about those. That's not official. That's personal. And, uh, of course, all the official communication has been going through it. So, uh, and... Luckily for them, um, in Hunter's laptop at some point, he's talking about talking with one of his business partners or something about how the Robert Peters is a pseudonym for Joe. So it's like, all right, so we can even we've got confirmation from a second source that this is so. Um, but so James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, who is the House Oversight Committee chairman, uh, asked the National Archives to turn over unredacted records. Uh, where Biden uh, did, uh, relied on the aliases when communicating with Hunter and his business partners, Eric uh, Schwerin and Devin Archer. Let's see. This is, oh, yeah. Of course, and then it's talking about how, you know, Devin Archer did finally testify on the Hill. <clears throat> and he, uh, 
He said that they were selling the illusion of access, just the illusion of access. So the Biden brand. You know, and that, you know, Joe would just talk about the weather. He'd hop on a phone call here and there and just talk about the weather. It was the illusion of, of access. Um, but that's also illegal. You can't do that. You can't fraudulently sell access to the vice president of the United States. You know, because like, then it's still that crime of selling access, but you're also defrauding people. And like, it's hard to say that it's not actually selling access when, you know, your partner is Hunter Biden. And it's, you know, they're like, oh, it's about building that Biden name, you know, to get good business. It's like, right, through saying you're corrupt and that policy will be tweaked for you. And it's especially interesting when policy then gets tweaked for you. You know, like we talked about last time, it's like you got on the phone to talk about the weather, and then the next thing you know, the prosecutor's fired. It's like, oh, that's exactly what those guys wanted to have happen. You got on there and said, oh, it's sunny out, isn't it? That's great. And then all of a sudden, magically, they got what they wanted. But I guess it's fine. It's just fine. Um, that's uh, it's one of the big pseudonyms that's been in the news. Um, the other is uh, Oliver Anthony. Have you seen that guy yet? Oh. Richmond, north of Richmond. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Um, I'll just do this kind of dirty through the phone here. I will click this thing as many times as I want because... Um, but you know what? Actually, hit pause real quick. Uh, all right. All right. Let's try this out. I'm always happy to play this dude's video because, like, pay-per-click, you know? I'll hear it a thousand times. All right, let's... been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for bullshit pay so i can sit out here and waste my life away drag back home and drown my troubles away it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me people like you wish i could just wake up and it not be true but it is Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men, north of Richmond, Lord knows it all. Just wanna have total control. Wanna know what you think. Wanna know what you do. And they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, for people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. you do and they don't think you know but i know that you do because your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no end cause the rich men north the rich men Selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. 
Yeah, so uh, that is the first time that man sang into a microphone. He, uh, he's got some other songs on YouTube, and it's just like him with that guitar inside. It looks like he's inside of a van or a truck or something, uh, but he's just recording on his iPhone. So like literally everything that's been on iTunes, uh, other than that one where a microphone was involved, is something he recorded uh, on his iPhone. Uh, but he's just like this dude. Um, he He's literally, he doesn't play concerts. He's not a working musician. He's an uh, industrial salesman uh, who likes to play music. Sometimes he plays at a farmer's market in North Carolina, which I think is like the closest town. To, like He's from Farmville, Virginia, which has a population of like 12,000 people or something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, that guy blew up out of nowhere, like literally nowhere. He's not... He said that uh, him and his buddy, his buddy runs this thing called Radio West Virginia, and they just try to you know put videos of music in the Appalachian area. Uh, so the guy's like, oh, let's put it up. Maybe you'll, I don't know, maybe get like 300,000 views or whatever. Um, I don't know. Is it still over? Can we see how many views he's got? Well, no, it's, okay. it's no big deal. Uh, but it was at like 20 million the other day. And so like, so, you know, on YouTube, it was like 20 million on uh iTunes still number one above like all the pop like above Travis Scott and people like that, you know? Uh, so I hope he's making a mint. Um, but you know, it 27 million. 27 million. Yeah, so. He's doing pretty good. I hope that radio West Virginia cat, like I hope however much money comes in, whether they're getting a penny or a nickel of you, I hope that, uh, I hope there's no weird falling out where that money isn't shared appropriately because that would be, you know, obviously the account for Radio West Virginia is not Oliver Anthony's. So, you know, I'd have to go through and I hope he doesn't make the poor decision to, oops, make the poor decision to rip him off. Um, but uh, anyway, so that guy out of nowhere and suddenly he's like the biggest damn thing and he's been posting little things on um on like YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that, like little videos of just talking to the fans, you know? And he's just like, he's like, look guys, like I'm not a great musician. I barely know my way around this guitar, but uh, it's not, he's like, this is not a masterpiece. And he's like, it's just, you know, people are uh, relating to someone who's like feeling the actual emotions as he's sing as the song is being sung and they're relating to it, you know, the, the bad pay working your butt off to not move ahead and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, so of course it can't just be a feel good story about some dude out of nowhere. That suddenly is hugely popular. Can't be that. So what it's gotta be, is there something wrong with it? Especially cause he said, you know, if you're five foot three, 300 pounds, taxes shouldn't pay for your fudge rounds, which is hilarious. Right. It's a great, <laughs> and, uh, care about miners and some miners on islands. I mean, that's funny. <laughs> good, good lines. Um, and just voices of frustration, everything you hear on the news, you know. Um, but you know, unfortunately, to some, it's uh, like like Eric Levitz, feature writer for the Intelligencer, Intelligencer, Oliver Anthony, and the incoherence of right wing populism. So like this guy got dragged into dragged into politics. He he calls himself uh, he's like I'm pretty middle of the road. I don't know, you know, I'm just a pretty middle of the road guy. But because he talked about the value of the dollar, taxes and uh you know a nice little Epstein uh reference in there. He's getting lumped into he's basically this right-wing guy with offensive lyrics um and people like Matt Walsh and Jack I actually don't know how to pronounce it. Posobic. What's his? Do you know who? I, I see him all. Like, he's like a. He's on Twitter a lot. Posobic. Posobic. He's a very popular. Posobic might be. Posovic? Yeah. Yeah. He's. I know he's popular. I know I see his name a lot. I've never said his name clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. I'm sure I've heard it. But I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that's that guy. But you know, because those because some right wing, you know, some. Happily right-wing influencer media types uh, were retweeting and stuff. Now suddenly it's like, well, now it's not about the song. It's not about this dude and this miraculous um, 
thing that happened. It's like, oh, well, this just shows stupid, stupid right wing thought. It's like, you know, it's you think you're going to say something uh, intelligent, but oh, you're just going to fat shame. Let's see. I think there's some. I'm sure they're going to label him a terrorist at some point. Let's see. One of these things had some uh, quotes. Here we go. I think it was this Yahoo one where they had. Yeah. So Richmond, North of Richmond isn't some ode to the working class. It's a reactionary tune that perpetuates fat phobia and the classic welfare queen trope popularized by former president Ronald Reagan. It vaguely critiques the wealthy, yet directly slash inaccurately blames the poor for milking the system. Uh-huh. Richmond, North Richmond is an archetypal example of right-wing populist ide- uh, ideology. Let's see. So there's a vague gesture against elites keeping working people down, but the alleged mechanism by which they are keeping them down is giving the, their tax dollars to the, quote, undeserving poor people. So nothing says class consciousness like a song where the entire middle verse is about how the poor can't eat because of obese welfare recipients. And so, like, you know, people are just, they got to be offended. They, you know, like, what about that song? Had you clutching your pearls, Charlie? I, I, I see nothing wrong with it. I, <laughs> it. It was honest. It was the truth. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, it was how he was feeling, you know, it was how... Lots of people are feeling. And I'm like, you know, the Epstein thing happened. And it just kind of went away. Like, cases against normal people don't tend to just go away, especially if they're, like, mass-raping minors and transporting them to international islands for rape and to allow others to rape them. And, and welfare is designed to be abused. Like, they haven't... We talk about how people abuse it, but... It still isn't being changed so that it can't be abused. So trying to break his song apart that he's just, that he, well, that he's, you know, blaming welfare abusers. No, I think he's just blaming the system. <laughs> yeah, and it's like in, in some of these smaller towns, especially like Appalachian small towns, you know, there's like people who are working. There's people that are, you know, trying to do honest work get through, you know, a lot of them drive all over creation. Um, and so, you know, like, um, you know, Rachel's family is, uh, Appalachian, Ohio. And so like her brother and her dad, you know, they drive, uh, two hours out of town to work, you know, to, for cranes and stuff. And so that's two hours, one way, two hours back. I mean, it's four hour round trip, uh, working, you know, but then you see, you see the people that have been decimated by like, um, by uh, the opiate crisis, you know, by the Sackler family. Um, and then, and people, and also people who are just like good for nothing because of the welfare system where they're like, screw it, multi generational welfare, where you learn how to milk the system, wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia, you know. This becomes the master. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so, like, but it is frustrating when you see, like, you're sitting there busting your butt driving a four hour round trip. And then you go to the grocery store to buy your food, and there's an obese woman on the little scooter who's buying a bunch of junk food. And then we're like, oh, I'll use my food stamps. It's just like, you, you're you going to die. Like, look how fat you are. And, like, you can't you can't be this fat. And, like, you're not – and I'm paying for you to be this fat? Like, how are you poor and this fat? You know? Like, it's – it it is frustrating for many people, I believe. But I could imagine when the community is so small and I think that stuff sticks out a lot more, you know, because in a city, even city the size of ours, you know, uh, which is not big or anything more of a town than a city. But um, but with it, you know, there's a lot of people you just don't see, you know, you just you got your neighborhood and there's just so many people. You're like, Ugh, I don't have time. But, you know, you shave it down to a few tens of thousands or something. And, uh, when there's, I don't know, some, you know, if there's a thousand people behaving a certain way, well now, you know, that might be 10% of the population in Farmville, Virginia. Um, and so then it seems everywhere, you know, cause there's not a whole lot, you know, the, the denominator 
is not very big. So more that you add to that numerator, it's just like, oh, this is everywhere. This is life. This sucks, you know. But he, uh, but so you know, a lot of people have been lumping praise on the guy, and then um, of course a lot of people have been hating on him because he's just hateful. He should make more music. He should. Well, so he posted this thing three days ago. Um, he goes. It's been difficult, and this is on his Facebook, Oliver Anthony Music. It's been difficult as I browse through the 50,000-plus messages and emails I've received in the last week. The stories that have been shared paint a brutally honest picture. Suicide, addiction, unemployment, anxiety and depression, hopelessness, and the list goes on. I'm sitting in such a weird place in my life right now. I never wanted to be a full-time musician, much less sit at the top of the iTunes chart. Draven from Radio... I assume it's West Virginia. It says WV with the V lowercase. But anyway, Radio WV. And I filmed these tunes on my land with the hope that it may hit 300,000 views. I still don't quite believe what is uh, what has went on since we uploaded it. It's just strange to me. People in the mu- music industry give me blank stares when I brush off $8 million offers. He's turned down $8 million. I don't want six tour buses, 15 tractor trailers, and a jet. I don't want to play stadium shows. I don't want to... Be in the spotlight. I wrote the music I wrote because I was suffering with mental health and depression. These songs have connected with millions of people on such a deep level because they're being sung by someone feeling the words in the very moment they were being sung. No editing, no agent, no bullshit. Just some idiot and his guitar. The style of music that we should have never gotten away from in the first place. So that being said, I've never taken the time to tell you who I actually am. Here's a formal introduction. My name is Christopher Anthony Lunsford. My grandfather was Oliver Anthony, and Oliver Anthony Music was a dedication not only to him, but 1930s Appalachia, where he was born and raised. Dirt floors, seven kids, hard times. At this point, I'll gladly go by Oliver because everyone knows me as such, but my friends and family still call me Chris. You can decide for yourself. Either is fine. 2010, I dropped out of high school at age 17. I have a GED from Spruce Pine, North Carolina. I worked multiple plant jobs in Western North Carolina, uh, my last being in the paper mill in McDowell County. I worked third shift six days a week for fourteen fifty an hour, living in a living hell. In 2013, I had a bad fall at work and fractured my skull. It forced me to move back to Virginia. Due to complications from the injury, it took me six months or so before I could work again. From 2014 until just a few days ago, I've worked outside sales in the industrial manufacturing world. My job has taken me all over Virginia and to the Carolinas, getting to know tens of thousands of other blue-collar workers on job sites and in factories. I've spent all day, every day, for the last 10 years hearing the same story. People are so damn tired of being neglected, divided, and manipulated. In 2019, I paid $97,500 for the, the property and still owe about 60000 on it. I'm living in a 27-foot camper with a tarp on the roof that I got off Craigslist for $750. There's nothing special about me. I'm not a good musician. I'm not a very good person. I spent the last five years struggling with mental health and using alcohol to drown it. I'm sad to see the world and the state it's in with everyone fighting with each other. I've spent many nights feeling hopeless that the greatest country on earth is quickly fading away. That being said, I hate, all caps, the way the internet has divided all of us. The internet is a parasite that infects the minds of humans and has their way with them. Hours wasted, goals forgotten, loved ones sitting in houses with each other distracted all day by technology made by the hands of other poor souls in sweatshops and foreign land. Well, or when is enough enough? When are we going to fight for what is right again? Millions have died protecting the liberties we have. Freedom of speech is such a precious gift. Never in world history as the world had the freedom it currently does. Don't let them take it away from you. Just like those wandering the desert, we have lost our way from God and have let false idols distract us and divide us. That's a damn shame. You show a little picture of what I assume is his grandfather's you know, family. Um, but, you know, so that's the guy introducing himself because, you know, of course he got pseudo-doxed, you know. I don't think he got for real doxed. I doubt he has too huge of a footprint i mean it's like he lives on this light this land in farmville it's like you found him you know but uh but you know all that crap they're saying about him and just like painting him as there's a hateful excuse me hateful right winger and all that and uh but he's been doing these shows and like the first show he did once again at the farmer's market um after this blew up um 
first of all, Jamie Johnson showed up to it, the country singer, and hopped on stage. And, you know, that song, You Should Have Seen It in Color. So he sang that a little bit. They sang that together, which is cool. Like he just kind of popped in. Um, but he said that he hung out. He's like, people wanted to meet him. He's, and he's like, I shook hands with everybody. He's like, I don't, I don't mean glad handing. He's like, they told me about their problems, told me about, you know, depression, their, you know, work, just uh, about anything. He's like, we just talked. And uh, so he posted this video. He was driving out of town. He's like, okay, okay. Everyone's asking about shows. I'm going to be, I think, back at that farmer's market. And uh, he's like, just don't. He's like, if, don't make a special trip. Just, you know, I'll play more shows. Just, But if you're in that area, it'll be a good time. He's like, and, you know, don't rush. If I got to stay till 2 a.m., I'll stay 2 a.m. I want to talk to all y'all. And so, like, he just, I don't know, he just seems like a real authentic person. It's kind of a breath of fresh air. I don't know. To, to hear, well, to not only not only hear that from someone, and then he backs it up by continuing to be real, but at least the support side of it. Obviously, there's always going to be people just looking to be, up, yeah, offended, upset, mad, whatever. But yeah, that's cool. It is, and the fact that like my hope is, um, I don't know how much money people make on iTunes. But when you don't have an agent or a label, I assume you get all that money, but whatever the iTunes cut is. Um, so being number one, having more plays than like Travis Scott is kind of a big deal. So I'm hoping he's getting like a fat check and he, he just got to put up on like Spotify and all the different services, you know. I hope, you know, the tens of millions of views on YouTube, I hope he, you know, is getting whatever. Hopefully more than Penny. Hopefully he's getting close to a nickel. That'd be great. I mean, I know streaming services. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it depends. Like, I think, you know, it changes. And they give special rates here and there. But, um, but anyway, even if he was getting just a penny, I mean, what was that 250 grand right there? I mean, if, if he went halvesies with old Radio WV, you know, 125 grand to pay off his land and give him a new trailer, you know? And then, but, but, uh, the nice thing is, like, I mean, he had like he's recorded all these on an iPhone, you know, and like, like literally that video is the first time he used a microphone uh, to record something, and uh, so he could like, you know, pay to actually record an album in a studio, like pay it for himself, put it on iTunes, and make some dollars, you know, and uh, maybe without a label, um, <clears throat> maybe he can do just fine, just getting to be himself and. Um, cause that's the thing. I'm, I think it's great turning down, um, you know, some rhinestone cowboy country kind of crap, uh, turning down that deal, uh, where they want to market you, you know, they want to change you and market you and push you out. I think it, um, I think it's good that he turned that down, <clears throat> but I hope this dude gets paid, yes. you know, <laughs> um, so that's our other big pseudonym. His for seems like a very nice pseudonym, an ode to his dad and to the, or not his dad, his granddad and to his roots. And then the other was Joe Biden obfus- obfuscating <laughs> so that he can do corrupt things and collect money and not have to be part of Freedom of Information Act requests and other public things. Um, so those are the big pseudonyms for the week. Or opposites. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> One's a corrupt old demented weirdo that's just been milking off the system this whole time. Like, how is Joe Biden worth so much money when he's only getting he's only been making like whatever they got paid, you know. Well, he's been there so long it's changed a lot, but you know, 150 grand a year, whatever, let's just say. And it's just like, huh, how are you worth this many millions? It's very interesting. And like he doesn't have a Pelosi broke you know stockbroker account um i mean i'm sure he's got something but not pelosi level or dan uh crenshaw you know the eye patch guy yeah i think last year he uh he was like number one or two on his stock portfolio so he got elected all small business small taxes small government uh stuff you know i'm just a navy seal working hard and just like you you know i just this is just common sense just common sense and he's just like, well, got to make that cheddar, <laughs> which 
if I would have won my election, uh, which I was really close, third place, um, what I was going to do is like definitely do that too. But I was going to tweet every single time I traded anything. You know, not say I was, you know, I don't think I could say I'm doing it because of this, that, or the other, because I think that'd be illegal. Uh, but if I was just like, okay, I'll just, every time I buy or sell a stock, I'll just tweet it out. And if you want to copy me, copy me. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, don't do it. It's just like, you know, I buy 10 shares of Plug Power. People are like, oh, well, that doesn't seem like much. It's like, if I buy 10,000 shares of General Dynamics, it's just like, I think we're about to go to war. You know, <laughs> it's like, let's buy those shares. Um, anyway, but of course the other big story that's been going on continues to go on much like your, your shirt there, Charlie, your Hawaii shirt is Maui. Um, I did not have much info, you know, we kind of briefly talked about it last week. Um, but it sure seems like a lot of government failure in this one. Um, it appears and, you know, it's it's hard to say because everything's stayed so buttoned up, which some of it seems legitimate, like National Guard's not letting people go see their homes, you know, or the lack thereof to look through it. People are getting pissed because they had a limited number of, like, passes, you know. They're like, no more, sorry. And then they're just like, sorry, we're done with passes. Now and go. <clears throat> of course, people are like, it's my house. I want to see my house or my property. I want to do. But I'm willing to... Give the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why. Uh, where they say, like, look, you know, it's not just houses that are burnt down. There's gas stations and stuff. There's some toxic areas. We're also using cadaver dogs trying to find these people because there's thousands missing still. Um, and they have to use cadaver dogs because everything's just burnt so bad that, like, you know, you look at, like, human eye can't tell the difference between a, a, a burnt-up skeleton and a burnt-up house you know it's just they're all it's all burnt to that level um so i get like hey we're trying to like find thousands of people in rubble right now like just we need some patience here um so i'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt on that kind of stuff but the way this thing went down it appears as though it was probably strong winds that knocked down a power line that then sparked a fire and then the winds turned it into a blowtorch basically. And uh, that's like boats were um, on fire in the water. And it's because it was going and just blasting out. There was a, uh, there is a professor at university of Hawaii who's been warning about the potential for wildfire for a while. He wrote a report on it and everything. Apparently I imagine it's cause you know, volcanic Island and all that. But a lot of the natural grasses and, like, plants on Hawaii have a bit of fire resistance to them naturally. Um, I guess some trees, uh, not just in Hawaii, but some trees, I think the sequoia or something like that, has, like, sap that makes it, like, a fire retardant. <clears throat> and uh, But people have been moving to Hawaii, and or people that have been living in Hawaii have been importing other grasses because, like, you know, Certain parts of the island are lush. Certain parts of the islands are they're like, yeah. yeah. And so people want stuff that'll grow. They want to look good. They want this. So they've been bringing in all these non-native grasses, non-native plants after the lines, their landscaping. <clears throat> and this guy's just like, look, this, if their fire catches, it's going to spread fast. And like, this is not, this is not good. And so he had a whole paper on it about like, we're in wildfire danger. Of course, no one did anything about it. What the government did do, the Hawaii government, <clears throat> is they said by, I forget which year, but, you know, t- within five years, we want to have all renewed. Oh, just... oh, now you're back. I'm back. And I'm back. That was good. Good. Welcome back to me. Um, <clears throat> but they said uh, they wanted uh, all green energy, basically, all renewable energy uh, within five years, 10 years or whatever. Um so the Hawaii Hawaii Power Company out there, they had <clears throat> a report about some improvements they needed to make, line quality, um, cleaning up areas before, below lines because they were potential fire hazards. But they didn't address any of them. 
And part of it is because suddenly they had to focus like all their time and resources on coming up with all renewable energy, changing how they generate power. So they spent like 190 million trying to come up, change the way that power is generated for this law that mandated it be so. So government said, this power is not going to be legal soon. You got to come up with a new plan. Of course, your power company, you go, we do need to come up with a new plan. And then it's like, hey, what about this report about, uh, am I gone again? No. Like, what are you doing? You're killing me. <clears throat> All right, I'm back. I wonder if I need to get new, I mean, these are fairly new cables. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the government was just like, hey, your, your power you offer is going to be illegal. And so they looked at it and they're like, ah, okay, there's some brush below our power lines. That's a potential fire, whatever. And so they, it basically just didn't get addressed. And then the, uh, of course, the siren didn't go off for the island. And people said, what's the deal there? <clears throat> so the chief of police of Maui uh, was in charge. Uh, he was in charge of these security at the strip, the Las Vegas strip, when that shooter was there at the strip. So like that was kind of his area when the shooter took out all those people. So then like he left and did training with the department of justice or something, and then ended up getting this job in Maui. And so it's like, okay. And he said, well, that experience helps me, you know, which I guess it does. And uh, I don't, but whoever was in charge of actually sounding the siren said that net recently, he said that, his thought process was that if he sound like if he sounds the alarm, the normal reaction people have is to go up the mountain. And he said, of course, that would be certain death. So he just he he weighed it and he didn't do it. And of course, giant mistake. So either if that's true, um, you know that sucks. You know, poor guy. He was, had good intentions. You know, uh, that went horribly wrong. And that's gonna be difficult to deal with um if it's not true and he's just making up excuses after the fact then it's like where the hell were you you know um people are dead and like one of the other flaws <clears throat> is they only had one evacuation route like for that whole area uh one road you know and so like that's why everybody was ended up like jumping in the water is because like they didn't have access to that road that one way out so it's just like going in the water you know and apparently, apparently tourists were still showing up to like peek at the destruction, swim around. Locals are just like, we were just jumped from our burning houses into this water. And now you're snorkeling, like go home. I heard excuses of we've been planning this for a year. It's like, okay, just postpone it for another year. Why would you want to go? Unless you're helping. Like, why would you want to go? And look, you go. Okay. You go to Maui. Say that's where your tickets are. You're on the other side of the island from the area that burnt. Don't go gawk at the part that just burnt down. Like, spend money there with the locals. Help. Donate money to help. You know, whatever you can do, you're there to, like, help. And, you know, yeah, it's expensive to get there. I get it. Family vacation. Planned it for five years. You know, it's different side of the island. You're going to be in your little resort. Okay. Don't swim to the other side of the island. Don't go gawking. You know? Like... Companies are giving a hundred percent refunds. Like they're yeah, they're refunding people who are choosing not to go. They had plans, they can't go because of all this. Oh, we'll give you one hundred percent, or you can reschedule it with us, no problem. But they're still getting mad that they can't go. Yeah, I mean, I got mad when I couldn't we couldn't do stuff because of COVID. <clears throat> but uh, wildfire, a little different. The uh, the other thing about it is oh when they shut off the power because of down power lines <clears throat> well that shuts off the um water pumps but beyond just that let me pull this up here it's from the new york post hawaii official concerned with equity delayed releasing water for more than five hours as wildfire wildfires raged access to water should be predicated on Conversations about equity, according to the Hawaii official under fire for delaying access to water during the fires. M. Kaleo Manuel, former deputy director of the Hawaii Commission on Water Resource Management, 
waited for more than five hours to release water during the fires that devastated Maui. In a live stream debate hosted by the University of Hawaii last year, Manuel described water as a sacred god. Let's water connect us and not divide us, said Manuel, referring to water distribution on the island. We can share it, but it requires true conversation about equity. How do we coexist with the resources we have? A former Obama Foundation leader, part of a program uh, by the former president's nonprofit to help participants with coaching and practical skill building for social change, uh, said he considered water an important tool for social justice. And so, like, let's see. Bup, 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 bup. The West Maui Land Company said in an August 10th letter to Manuel, I assume it was Manuel, Manuel, uh, that his commission refused its request to divert streams to fill landowners' reservoirs in the hard-hit uh, Lahaina, Lahaina, Lahaina area until the wildfires raged out of control. So I guess people were saying, like, hey, can we please get some water down here and fill our reservoirs? And they're just like, no. Uh, he asked, sources told Honolulu Civil Beat that Manuel had asked the company to consult with a local farmer about the impact of water diversion before approving their request. We watched the devastation around us without the ability to help. So the company in the letter, we anxiously awaited the morning knowing that we could have made more water available to the fire department if our request had been immediately approved. So like this dude who's concerned about water equity, about how, how you get the water to everybody and equal and everybody's peace and love and happy. Um, yeah, he, uh, he's like, mm, I don't know if that water needs to be released yet. Like think about the farmers. What if the farmers need something? Like, think about the city that's on fire, you know, or the town or whatever. Fire department. Yeah, think about the fire department. <laughs> like, they need the water. Like, the farmer, say a farmer spends five hours. A little, a little bit of a drought, you know. He'll be okay. Like, the plants will be okay. Like, maybe some of them might start to go, oh, like the sun's coming out. But odds are the ground has held some of the water. This, for this farmer, because odds are this farmer has been taking care of the plants. It's not just been in a drought scenario for <clears throat> for a year or something, you know? Like, it'll be fine. It's not permanent. Divert water to put out the damn fires. And uh, so it seems like <clears throat> this is very, very avoidable. And that sucks, you know? And, you know, but... You know, Biden came to the rescue because he cares. <laughs> he, uh, while, while Maui burned, he was on the beach. I think in Delaware. I think that's where he went to the beach. But he was sitting there. And I don't know why he keeps... How does he keep... I don't know why he keeps having topless pictures. You know, like, I know you're in the beach. Take your shirt off and all that. But, like, I don't know. It seems weird. Like, we've never seen, I don't think we've seen lots of Biden with a shirt off. And, like, in the last year, he's just like, I go to the beach. Look at me. It's like, I don't need privacy. Check out my old man bod. <laughs> but he was uh, he was on the beach enjoying himself. Someone asked him, you know, Mr. President, um, do you have anything to say about, you know, what's going on in Maui right now? Guess what he said? No comment. No comment. No comment. Why? Yeah, no comment. Did he not know? No. You know, I think. Well, he might have been aware it was going on, but I don't think he'd been handed his book of what to say. You know. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> ask John Smith to ask you a question. It will be about this. Oh, good. John, why don't you take it? But no, I, I think he hadn't been informed uh, of what to say and what to think yet um, is my feeling on it. But he did uh, he did send all that money, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Why don't you cover that? <laughs> well, so I, I, I'm assuming this is accurate, but um, $700 per family? Family or per person? Per family? Oh, he doesn't. Maybe it was per person. Even if it was. It's like, okay. Garbage. I mean, thanks. Even on the mainland, that's garbage. Hawaii, everything's 
exorbitantly more expensive. Yeah, and it's like these are people who lost all of their possessions and their home and their food. Like they've lost everything, and like, what? what seven, I mean, look, it's better than nothing. Where are they gonna spend that money? Right. You know, the grocery store burnt down. You know, the gas station burned down. You know, but it's like they've sent, and so like. What was the package they sent? Like, I think they ended up saying like something ridiculous, like one and a quarter million dollars or something like that. It? Oh, total? Yeah, like from the federal government. Let me look this up. It was something ridiculous. Let's see. Why? What was it? Financial aid. And of course, as they're sending seven hundred bucks to Joe Hawaii and a million bucks. For the state. Uh, Ukraine, though. Some more billions there. Let's see. Joe Biden aid to Hawaii versus Ukraine. Oh, this will be fun. This Newsweek says Joe Biden's aid versus Ukraine aid compared. What we know. All right. Some Republicans and conservative commentators questioned President Joe Biden's priorities after the government announced a further $200 million of security assistance for Kyiv as it battles Russia's invasion on the same day that people affected by the fires in Hawaii were offered $700 a household. Yep, a household. That's horrible. Uh, that's not the totality of federal aid. However, although some... Beep, 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 Congress grant... Okay, the aid sent to Ukraine, blah, 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 whatever... It's a different sort. The bulk is defense, weaponry, and equipment. Yeah, Congress granted 113 billion in aid and military assistance to Ukraine between the invasion, February 22, and the end of last year. About 67 billion was for defense. 46 was non-defense. 46 billion. The Department of Defense said it had provided 12 billion in security assistance uh, since the start of 2023. And announced the latest $200 million package, including Patriot air defense systems and HIMARS munitions. Uh, on the same day, the president announced the one-off payment for survivors of Maui. Um, I guess maybe the math. Oh, that's probably. 53,919 households. That's, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here it is. Uh, on August 11th, Pacific Disaster Center research conducted on behalf of blah, 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 suggested that 2,207 structures had been damaged or destroyed by fire in the resort town of Lahaina alone. Or Lahaina, do you know how it's pronounced? Lahaina. Lahaina, okay. Suggesting a disbursement for its residents of around $1.5 million. So, $1.5 million. <clears throat> There's a uh, $1.5 million. And support and like, you know, I think private donations go further. I think uh, the federal ones always get corrupted and wasted and all that kind of stuff. But if you're just printing money out of thin air and sending it to Ukraine, sending it all over. I mean, we're spending three trillion dollars over what we bring in in taxes. And it's like for that. Oh, for what? For chairs at a, at a concert hall and for bridges and monorails and crap and it's just like hey people got cooked alive and lost their everything we're like well money's tight you know money's tight one million it's like well we spend like one and a half million researching like turtles on cocaine you know <laughs> it's like let's see how they act maybe they'll go fast i don't know <laughs> So it is fairly ridiculous, like to to see that see that number. I mean, there's a there's a radio guy, um, Glenn Beck, who's on the radio. You know, he's got a charity, and I think I saw that he raised in a week something like seven hundred fifty thousand or something like that. And his charity had already gotten on the ground in Hawaii, like within days, and passing out food, water, stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, so like almost immediately this dude who has like a charity arm just cause um, sends his charity arm to Hawaii. They're passing out food. They're passing out water. They're passing all this stuff, you know, raising 750 grand in a couple of days or whatever. And it's like, well, that's pretty, I mean, that's good. That's really good. You know, um, it's like, and our government did just slightly 
over that in money and God knows what's happening with that. You know, yeah. it'll be delayed like crazy. It'll be delayed or it'll be one of those things like, what? which storm was it? Where like days later, weeks later, something like that. They saw that there was just like a, like at the airport or somewhere, there was just this mountain of bottled water and it was just like not distributed, just sitting there. And I think technically had spoiled, you know, because the plastic breaks down, all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, wait, so FEMA sent all this water that just kind of sat there? And you didn't even hand it to people? Like people who needed water? Like it was there the whole time? And it's like, yeah, but, you know, people were busy. It's just, you know, you get busy sometimes. Donald Trump with Puerto Rico, he was throwing out toilet pa- or uh, paper towels to people personally. Yeah, he was shooting it out to people. It's a great, just what, just a great piece of media. Uh, you know, for all Trump's faults, he is hilarious, like, like all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how all this election stuff's gonna go. I'm hoping Joe Biden doesn't win. Whoever does win, you know, we'll take that. However, we take that. But you know, if it is Trump, it. It'll probably be funny, you know. At least we'll be laughing on the way down. <laughs> but uh, really, my my dream scenario what would make me so happy is uh, if he really did just like unleash hell on you know the deep state, but really just on this state, because uh, you know all the three letter agencies that's gone after him, like the Department of Justice, you know the FBI. Um, uh, I don't know, IRS, you know, there's a few that have been not too friendly. Um, so it's just like, man, gut them. There's a gut state department, you know, gut them. Get rid of all these chumps. I don't know how they will. Um, old Vivek Ramaswamy says, uh, you know, if he was president, he would die. Uh, he's like, it's, they work for me. I'm the executive and hiring, firing all these positions is literally my job and no one else's job. So I can fire them. And so my one thought is like, because uh, Ramaswamy has not said any negative things about Trump, you know, and uh, he's just a businessman. So, you know, Trump, Ramaswamy versus Biden, Harris, it might be something where it's just like, OK, because, you know, Trump likes to delegate and watch Fox and Friends and eat McDonald's and stuff like that. And like ask him questions, he'll tell you something to do. But he's I don't think he really likes to get into the meat, you know, like they had to. All these intelligence briefings, they're like, uh, we had to like knock it down to two pages. Like, just read it to me. Just tell me. Just tell me what it is. And, you know, it's like, I don't want to read a big report. Just tell me. And, uh, which, you know, I don't really blame them on that. Just tell me. Is there a problem? What's the problem? You know, um, but, you know, maybe old Vivek will be put in charge of slicing and dicing, and maybe we actually might slash the government all to hell. I don't know. That would be good. But, of course, he promised to drain the swamp the first time, and he drained zero swamp, and he employed all swamp creatures and kept them all, even as they were leaking all the information and, like, literally undermining his presidency. He didn't go, man, let's drain this swamp. He just sat there in the swamp with the swampies. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it can't be worse than Biden. I mean, unless it was Woodrow Wilson coming back or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Chris Christie would be worse. I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> He'd be busy eating, I think. Because he's fat, is what I was saying. Yeah. Just in case you didn't pick that up. He's round. Large man. Healthy appetite. <laughs> healthy appetite. <laughs> well, slightly unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for this here week. Um, we actually knocked two in a row. We've got our fancies that we're working on. We're going to keep getting a little fancier. And uh, it's going to be fly, super fly. Um, yeah. What you got for us? Uh, support Hawaii. It's a beautiful state. That's true. Yeah. Find a, find a nonprofit to send money to. Don't. If, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can send it to the government. Who would? But, uh, but yeah, um, Mercury? No, is that the radio company? I'm trying to remember what Beck's charity thing is called. Mercury One? 
because they're already there. But I bet you Red Cross is always a good one, I'm sure. Um, anyway, yeah, donate, help. Like, that's good. Anyway, till then, bye-bye.